Hello, welcome to the show. Pull up a chair. We're going to talk about the idiots at the U.S. Air Force and the U.S. military. But today I'm just going to be talking about their recruiting efforts. You got to be a pretty stupid idiot to get yourself into this place. All these issues with people not wanting to work or not being able to work. Got to bite them in the tail. I don't know how long we have here. You know, they're going to be putting the prison walls up on this country first. That I am pretty sure of. And the song you just heard was from the Strategic Air Command. And in case you're wondering, well, why don't you tell us what songs you play every show? Well, that would be too complicated. <laughs> because I don't always pick them out. I have this little system set up with my little guy from Bangladesh. And um, that's just how it works. So anyway, so that was a song from Strategic Air Command. Today, I'm not going to be talking about Strategic Air Command in general. Because I have other things on my mind. I'll be talking about the failed efforts of the transgenders in charge of the U.S. military and their recruiting efforts. They used to have a pretty easy time recruiting kids into war, and that's why they formed the um, movie industry. <laughs> um, if you want to go take a look, just do some simple searches. Look for list of movies about the military, list of movies with military in the title, and there you go. Lots of military movies. Strategic Air Command movie, a 1955 American military aviation film starring James Stewart and June Allison, directed by Anthony Mann and released by Paramount Pictures. It was the first of four Hollywood films that depicted the role of the Strategic Air Command in the Cold War era. And that Jimmy Stewart, I thought these other people were pretty big liars, okay? I think Jimmy Stewart was one of the most deceptive tranny liars that we have seen on the screen. And that ranks Jimmy Stewart pretty high up there. He had that aw shucks, good guy thing. And I'll play a clip at the end about the recruiting. And yeah, you know, Jimmy Stewart just passed the test and became a pilot. Oh, come on. Please, please, please. But anyway, the story gets better at the end here because they're running out of soldiers to, to recruit. So, Okay. Um, it was the second film released in Paramount's new widescreen format, VistaVision, in color by Technicolor and Perspecta Pseudo Stereo Sound. It would also be Stewart and Mann's eighth and final collaboration and the last of three films that paired Jimmy Stewart and June Allison. The others being the Stratton story and the Glenn Miller story. Glenn Miller was an interesting story. You might want to do it. Just type in Glenn Miller Wiki. He supposedly <laughs> was a big band player. And he uh, allegedly, his plane went down during the war and whoops, they never found him. Yeah, sells a lot of covers. As a matter of fact, all of these things create money. Because for the first few years of doing this work online, I was selling on eBay to support myself. And one of the things I sold were old vintage items. And I sold an old Glenn Miller 
a movie magazine. <laughs> people really sucked it up. I mean, people thought Glenn Miller was really something else, and all the drama about him being lost in the clouds and <laughs> never to return to his band again. Yeah, there's money in every single angle of these deals, okay? There's money and there's torture. They always go hand in hand because evil has to come package as hell. Get these kids thinking they'll be the next Jimmy Stewart and off you go to the recruiters. So, yeah, so they did all these movies about the wars. Um, and then the interesting part here, which I'm going to get to right now, is what these losers, these tranny losers, have done since the days of Jimmy Stewart. Wow, funny thing. Funny, funny thing. Just full disclosure, I was born on a U.S. military base, Air Force as a matter of fact, so I would have been born by your tax dollars. <laughs> so, okay, this is the good part. This shows, I've been saying all along, they're making it up as they go along, and they're one-trick ponies, and the steroids, and or excuse me, the um, hormones are rotting their brains out, okay? So, let's get going here. According to the U.S. Defense Department, over 70% of young Americans aged 17 to 24 are ineligible to serve in the military. The main reasons include health problems, obesity, inadequate education, and serious criminal records. This has created a recruiting crisis for our military which depends on a constant flow of volunteers each year to meet its requirements in protecting our nation. I'll get back to the protecting the nation. You realize this country has been at war, I don't know, every year but like 24, but I'll get back to that later. Let me, let me try to focus on this horror here. So, the category above labeled physical fitness mainly refers to obesity. According to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, 31% of young people, 17 to 24, are overweight or obese, even higher than the 27% figure in the chart above. And this is a very, very sad thing. And this, I'll stop, okay. Why are kids getting obese? Because they're sitting in front of devices. <laughs> so, I'll stop, okay. I could really go off on this one. Even more than relying on planes, ships, and tanks, the military depends on ready and willing American volunteers to protect this nation. In a recent panel discussion on the looming crisis, Major General Malcolm Frost, the commander of the Army's initial military training command, said, I would argue that the next essential threat we have is the inability to man our military. In 2009, a group of retired U.S. generals and admirals formed a nonprofit group called Mission Readiness to draw attention to this growing problem. In their initial report, Ready, Willing, and Unable to Serve, they warned that the main causes of this situation are inadequate education, criminality, blah, 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 obesity. Okay, so, yeah. 
This is all part, this is the plan, not the bug, okay? Most states here are cutting out education for children. They didn't get this dumb on purpose. And they also got this dumb because the adults all left the, the village. So, so the issue of growing in a, in a eligibility for military service among America's young people must be a national priority. So, there are 30-some million 17 to 24-year-olds out there. But by the time you get all the way down to those that are qualified, you're down to less than a million young Americans. You know what this also tells me? This tells me that we're sharing this country with 70% of people who could not run the cops or could not think the cops. And probably more than likely don't have a single clue when the prison walls are going to come down this country. They're coming down. I'm telling you, they're coming down. So a lot of people are going to get tricked. But remember, they had to get all the people dummied down, right, to pull this off. But the fact that they dummied everybody down is going to create some issues because none of them, including the transgender idiots at the top of the U.S. military, have enough brains that God and a goose would have, okay? So, yeah, not enough brains as a goose. So, the United States faces an extraordinarily dangerous world. Yeah, created by them, right? Filled with a wide range of threats that have intensified in recent years. See? <laughs> crank up that fear. Crank up that fear. The other reason why I think psychopaths aren't as smart as everybody seems to think they are is because when you go into constant rages and hate it clouds your ability to think clearly and then you add drugs and hormones to that and then you've got an even bigger problem on your hands so just because they're evil don't make doesn't make them smarter than the rest of them I would argue they're a lot dumber than the rest of us evil is their beat evil 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 so they went on to say, this recruiting commander, Major General Jeffrey Snow, warned, we don't want to sacrifice quality. If we lower the quality, yes, we might be able to make our recruiting mission, but that's not good for the organization. The American public has come to expect a qualified army that can defend the nation. From who? <laughs> who are they defending us from? I don't think the American pu public, <coughs> excuse me, would like us to lower the quality of those joining the army if they knew it's going to impact our ability to perform the very function our nation expects us to do. These people, you know, psychopaths have this thing about never putting in period breaks. So that was a long sentence. What he's saying is he doesn't think the American public would like them to lower the quality. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think they should just get rid of them all. So the same sentence applies to other military branches as well. Another retired general, another crackhead transgender, General John Benecki. This is not just an army problem. This is a national issue tied to the security of the United States of America. So, as noted above, to join the armed forces, the military across all branches requires that an individual have a high school diploma or a general education diploma, a general equivalency diploma, also known in this country as a GED. 
This requirement increases the chance that recruits possessing a minimum level of education, a basic understanding of written and cognitive skills, and hopefully enough determination to have a chance at succeeding in the military should they decide to join. Well, I would argue this whole plan falls to pieces here because they're now pumping kids out of school without having to pass any basic requirements. So, yeah, they got a slippery slope going on here because um, kids are going to be getting GEDs and they're going to be getting diplomas, but that doesn't mean they got any education, right? The National Center for Education Statistics reported that in the 2014 to 2015 school year, the graduation rate for public high school students rose to a record high 83%. While that is welcome news, the percentage of males dropping out of high school is higher than the percentage of females and has been consistently since 1980. These males cannot exist, enlist in the military unless they go on to get a GED. Unfortunately, those with a GED rarely pass the Armed Forces Qualification Test, which measures recruits math and reading skills. Math and reading skills, okay? Have you been at a cash register lately? If they can't read it on the register, everybody is stumped to be able to give you the correct change. They're absolutely stumped. So the conclusion of this madness, only 29% of young people can serve in the U.S. military, this person wrote. It is staggering to me that only 29% of 17 to 24-year-old American young people can qualify to serve in our military. Out of approximately 34 million Americans in that age group, only roughly 10 million have any chance at meeting the requirements. Realistically, only about 1 million of the total U.S. population of, what, 330 million? No wonder the armed services are experiencing a recruiting crisis. Then we get into physical fitness issues. Because remember, the men are all women on testosterone, okay? Just get that straight in your head, okay? So they're obviously having some trouble dosing or maybe they're getting some real women in there and they're starting to figure out that they're not able to pass the test. So more than seven months after the official launch of the Army Combat Fitness Test or ACFT, this was in the last year, nearly half of female soldiers are still falling short with enlisted women struggling the most. The data again raises questions about whether the Army's attempt to create a fitter force is creating more barriers, barriers to success for women. Internal Army figures from April show 44% of women failed the ACFT, compared to 7% of men since October. Well, yeah, 7% of men, those are all women on testosterone. Of course they can pass that test. Jeez, does anybody use, well, I guess... People can't use simple logic because they can't make the leap that the U.S. military is run by transgenders and probably 70-80% of the troops are now transgenders. Now, I am only guessing on that last number, okay? I'm not guessing on the fact that it's being run by transgenders. I have looked at all these top brass army military generals and all these people. I'm confident they're all transgenders. I am merely stating 
probably 70% or more of these soldiers themselves are also transgender, but I am only guessing. So they said female soldiers continue to lag male soldiers across all events. Well, if these geniuses would just hire me, I could fix this entire problem right now. They got to cut back on the estrogen for those women and beef up the testosterone. Simple. Problem solved. Anyway, as we go out here, I'm going to be sharing a clip with um, about the recruiting that included Jimmy Stewart, which is... It, it's Jimmy Stewart, I used to think he was great. He was the one who did Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Jimmy Stewart did a lot of very famous movies, okay? But, you know, his story, if you just pay attention to this clip, I mean, you know, they said he was too skinny to get into the Air Force, and then he gained a little bit, and he convinced he convinced them. He convinced them to let him be a pilot. Is any of this reality? Well, anyway, we're run by a bunch of maniacs, so be safe out there. I'll chat with you soon. Goodbye for now. 1942. America is at war. Hollywood stars like Jimmy Stewart are urging fellow Americans to join up. Uh, hello. Gee, looks like I'm back in the movies again, doesn't it? He was one of the first stars to enlist. Initially turned down by the army for being too skinny, Stewart fattened up on spaghetti, steak, and milkshakes. In March 1941, still a few ounces light, he persuades the Army doctor to let him become a bomber pilot for the Army Air Force. And he calls others to join him. This is where you'll serve America best. Young men of America, your future's in the sky. Your wings are waiting. Although too old to be drafted, Clark Gable joins as a private, following the death of his wife, Carol Lombard, in a plane crash. The war effort also draws in top director John Ford. Seen here in his rare home movies on his yacht, the Araner. Having always dreamed of being a Navy man, in April 1941, Ford gathers a group of experienced filmmakers and sets up his own Naval Reserve unit. They wear rented uniforms and become affectionately known as John Ford's Navy. At first, the brass doesn't take him seriously. But as the war heats up, he and his men are put to work. They make documentaries and training films for the government, following Allied forces across Europe and the Pacific. In 1942, the Navy sends Ford to film the U.S. base on the tiny island of Midway. When the Japanese attack, Ford gets injured by shrapnel, but continues to film. As a group of Marines defiantly hoist the American flag, he wins the Academy Award for Best Documentary Film.